0: Okay, wake up in the morning and I go and get the paper, gotta get the paper, every morning gotta go and get the paper.
1: And a nice cup of coffee Hey Geek fans, today we're talking a hit of news The end of the Snyder-Capula era And we decide who drew the bat best I
0: read, several papers And i read them all twice So I recite them you backwards
1: nice Hey Central Michigan University, this is Ben Solis I am Malachi Barrett And I'm Tyler Guza And we are the Raving Geeks Back again for another episode Post-Super post Bowl, post-everything Post-everything? Post-everything Post-modern Post-modern post-jazz, uh, post but here we are, we're talking about some news, and we're going to get into some crazy stuff later on. We're talking about Batman, two times Batman. As if
2: we needed an excuse, really.
1: Yeah, we're all, we're all wearing Batman stuff. I yeah, got a again. Batman shirt on, Tyler's got some Batman socks on. Oh yeah, I, I was going to say, he's I got dressed dress for the occasion, check those out.
2: He's got a Yosemite National Park shirt on, I
1: was like, that's not <laughs> yeah. very bad. Well, yeah. you know, hey, Batman might have went there. He might I'm protect. Sure he, he might protect. But uh, let's, let's start with some news here, gentlemen. What's, uh, what's on the palette? We got uh, Kevin Smith has a new show. What's uh, what's up with that?
2: What's it called? Like, Geek Talk or something like that? I, I, don't, I honestly have kinda no idiot. idea. What kind of idiot puts geek in the name of his show?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like Or, like, you know, pontificates, like, ranting and, and raving. Wow, what a dick. Yeah. Stole Joke our idea, bags.
2: basically. So it's another thing on AMC because I don't know what deal he dealt with AMC that he's, like, sold all his, his soul to them. And he's got all these shows now. So he's got the Common Man. men. He's frequently on these, like, Talking Dead-style Chris Hardwick masturbatory shows. I really hate Chris Hardwick just going out there again. <laughs> Um, Point
1: taken.
3: But I, I, what, what, is this like a, sh- a talk
2: show I, or something? I, I
3: know absolutely nothing about it.
1: So so he's got this new show. He's going to be talking about everything geek culture, which is like a continuation of his of his comic book men franchise that he's built, which apparently is so popular now that are, you're exactly right. They're just going to give him a carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Which is really funny because he's showing up in the weirdest weirdest places of all things.
3: I I really like comic book men the show. I I've, I've only watched what's on Netflix because I don't have like TV, you know, normal TV. Mm-hmm. But I've all the episodes are really cool. I it's mean, a very tired format to me. It's like a it's like a low rent Pawn
2: Stars or yeah, but, pretty much but is. see, it's Which, a
3: Pawn Star that has things that I'm interested in. So it's not like oh, here's this propeller off this plane that fell in my backyard and we picked up it's like hey here's the first issue ever you have see of Wolverine. which is even
2: more bullshit because that stuff is like like oh kevin eastman just like stumbled in here with like an original teenage mutant ninja turtle okay dart. all like, right whoa like whatever okay. malachi and then, they, and then they like have a segment where they have a podcast too you know what really? I'm about? yeah in, in uh in what's comic book man well
3: yeah yeah it's it's i think it kind of it's but he has the whole schmod Cast mod network where he has Batman on Batman Batman Batman. Batman and so it's just really like kind of like retread off
1: of his website that something he already does you know what he
3: needs to do he needs to wear a freaking shirt
1: yes I'm tired of
2: him wearing hockey well you know here's the thing
1: here's the thing when he was when he was chunky he was kind of big you know he needed he needed the uh, jersey to displace what was visually uh, visually uh it's like an,
2: it's an alternative to the Fat Man's Hawaiian. Yeah, That's yeah, what sure. The hockey jersey, absolutely. Is. But he slimmed up a lot now. He has. He doesn't. Why need, is he still wearing he it? He doesn't need to wear it's it. This, it's this thing, man. He's like hosted awards show wearing like freaking jeans in in a hockey jersey.
1: He just needs to move on. And
2: most of them aren't even like real teams anymore. He like creates his <laughs> own thing. Yeah. So this is gonna be a thirty minute talk show format featuring celebrity interviews and out of the studio segments. Great. And guess who his co host is gonna be.
1: Jeff Johns. <laughs> no, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Is
2: it Mark Bernardin? No, it's Greg oh. Grunberg from Heroes and hmm. recently was the the token uh, fat X-Wing pilot in the Star Wars. Well, he, well he's, he's friends with yeah. JJ, wow. so that's why he was, you know, he, yeah.
3: he's, he's good friends with JJ.
2: Well, they, that's what I'm saying. They, yeah. they also need a token fat X-Wing pilot in those movies <laughs> ever since Porkins went down. Yeah.
1: Remember, or, never forget. Never forget. Never forget Porkins. He just should have pulled up. Why didn't
2: he pull up? He was just too fat. Too fat to pull, so at least this isn't like a reality show.
1: Yeah, you know, well, it, I mean, with with all the off screen stuff, I mean, that's kind of reality esque, right? That's kind of what that's pointing to. I mean,
2: we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. it better not be like sketch comedy or something. Do you guys like? Do you like Kevin Smith? I
1: I like Kevin Smith a lot. I, I do. hate
3: the Kevin Smith oh. brand. See,
2: sure, see, I, like, a lot
1: I, I hate the brand, but the movies are fantastic.
3: Sure, a lot of people don't like. I mean, Kevin Smith. I feel like kind of gets a bad rap, but the thing that the reason I like Kevin Smith is he he's he does what he wants to do and he never like he can t- he takes the criticism very well like if you ever like listen to his Fat Man on Batman he was just like just this past episode he was talking about how everyone hated yoga hosers and he was completely fine with that like he's like hey it's just it's the he's like I'm not trying to conform I'm not like trying to make some movies I'm just making the movies that I want to make yeah. and you know he he's super like he respects everything that's like been given to him, you know, like he, what was yoga hosers? Yoga hosers is it's kind of, I didn't, I haven't this seen is it, pretty but pathetic, actually. it's yeah. kind of like, uh, I think it's kind of like his version of a comic book movie kind of based in Canada. I don't know the whole plot, but I mean, had his daughter was in it and Johnny Depp's daughter starred in it. And from yeah. what I've heard, honestly, like they were pretty good. And he said that was fine. He's like, if he had woke up the next day and everyone said that they loved the movie, but they hated his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, and just were raving on them that he was—he would have been more upset now hearing that his movie's terrible, just because he heard that, hey, the girls were good in it, but the yeah. movie wasn't good. They like but.
1: fight like mutant zombi- zombie, yeah, it's, like uh, Nazis. It's, like it's—it's a—is it's a, hoser
3: like the
2: hockey term hoser? Probably. Yeah. And yeah. then he's doing his and next, yoga because they're like girls or something. Maybe
3: he's doing his. uh that's a weird. We're speculating. <laughs> his next title. movie though is called Moose Jaws. And it's basically Jaws, but with a moose.
1: <laughs> so he's like really like playing up this Canadian thing, which, by the way, he's from Jersey. So yeah, yeah. But I mean,
3: yeah. I don't it's know. Close. Moose,
2: moose Jaw sounds pretty great. Moose Jaw sounds pretty. A cool. Yeah, to see that no. With a moose.
3: And, that's, and that's the thing is he he said he's like I'm not trying to make a movie that I think is going to be like super. Like we made Tusk. he was like I wasn't trying to like shock anyone. I was just making a movie that I wanted to make. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's a dumb premise too. Yep. So Kevin Smith, there we have it. A Little hardcore, but even more hardcore is. The trailer for Hardcore Henry that came out Puzzle this it. week. Yeah, you,
3: you the pause is
2: me. I'm like
1: you. doing like Max Hedrum, like, you know?
2: Yeah, Hardcore Henry, first person uh, POV action movie. Right? I am not excited. It's, it's a Call of Duty cutscene movie. Yeah. It's, it's an indie so movie, upset. right? Is this yeah.
3: like a Kickstarter thing? I, I think that's kind of what. I think it actually started off as like an Oculus Rift project, and it was going to be like a movie using that. But then it turned into like a like a like a full blown movie. Um, don't quote me on that. That'd it's be kind of cool. But um,
2: I saw they have like that three D three sixty technology stuff uh, where you can like move your your camera, your like your phone around, and it yeah. moves you around the room. There was like a Zoolander two thing, and Zoolander two like looks okay.
3: It's not gonna be great, but like that was kind of cool. I heard, I heard, I, heard like a, I heard the Zoolander two was horrible. Really? Heard it was so bad. Like don't watch it. it ruins the first one. Horrible. Really? Yeah. That, that's just what I've heard.
2: Where did you hear that? Wow, oh, just, I
3: mean, around, <laughs> just around. You guys know I have connections, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I heard the talk. It's got Kristen Wiig in it, though, and it's got the whole original cast. Yeah, but I mean, it's, like mean I, I heard, I heard Anchor Man, like worse than Anchorman Two level, because I'm one of those people who I fell asleep watching Anchor Man Two because it was so bad.
1: To Be yeah. honest, I didn't even see it. Yeah, I, didn't, he, I didn't consider want yourself to, lucky. Didn't want to to ruin like the actual movie.
2: Hardcore Henry. It's going to be released in April. Apparently, it's a first-person perspective action film. So we're going to see everything through his eyes, kind of like a video game kind of thing. And they've done like short films like this. Not not these guys in particular. I mean, maybe they have. But it's I've basically, seen it's, good examples of It's the first-person
3: scene that they had in Doom, basically. Which was like movie. the best part of that movie, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it the action looked cool. I'm kind of worried that with the first person, it's going to be kind of hard to follow.
1: Yeah. I was kind of like
3: just watching the trailer, I kind of found myself kind of like leaning back and like widening it, my eyes. It was eyes. a little
1: too intense. And there's like one sequence in the trailer too where like he like either falls off like a building or like there's like a backflip mm-hmm. and you like fall with him, obviously, because the first person is going to take off that shot. But like that was that was like too much for me. That was like vertigo inducing by what? just like sitting in my I mean, chair it, watching it on TV. It did.
3: It looked really cool. Um, Charlotte Copley, I think is how you say his name. Um, Mm-hmm. he's in the movie and he's great in pretty much everything that I've seen him in. I always love him. He's a little over the top. who is, um, who is that guy? What is does he, he well, in the A team remake, he played uh Murdoch or murder Murphy or I don't know what his name, but he's the crazy pilot guy. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he was in district nine. He was the main character in district nine. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. That's what a lot of people Oh, he know. was Kruger in Elysium too. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's kind of in, like one of those like action guys. Um, and then the girl—I don't know who she is—but she looked like Jennifer Lawrence. I thought it was. I was like, I didn't know Jennifer Lawrence was in this movie. It did look like her. It lo- it's not her. It dad. looks like her. But
1: yeah, my my question for this is: okay, so there was always that big debate, especially like in the late '90s, into the 2000s, that you know, if you expose people to violent video games, how are they going to react? How's their psyche going to be? Sure. Whatever. I think that's a BS argument in the first place. But now you're like doing something where it's real life, first person, on a real screen, where they're throwing bombs, throwing, just shooting everything. Do you think that's going to come up again with that debate of saying, okay, now you've just kind of taken this action mold and, like, put people into it so they can, like, live this life of shooting people, yada, yada?
2: Maybe a little bit. What I'm more concerned about is when uh, we get, like, the 3D... <clears throat> like experience technology for video games where you can like, I mean they're kind of at that point now where <clears throat> you can like run on a treadmill and like shoot and like before it used to be if you were good at Call of Duty it was like reflexes with your thumbs mm-hmm. but now if you want to be good at these video games you actually have to like be good at like marksmanship marksmanship and stuff yeah. and that's kind of like training people to like be good at killing people and that's kind of odd. Yeah, that's a big fear. <clears throat> but um, no, I don't know, I mean this is this seems pretty harmless. It's There are a bunch of movies that are like really over the top action and it's kind of because of that because yeah. it's like that uh, surreal, ultra-violent world. Yeah. I think some of that is maybe lost. This also has like some sci-fi elements to it as well. He's like trying to stop a guy who's
1: like violent. He, he's, basi- he's
3: basically RoboCop. It looked like they're like screwing on his arms and legs and yeah. stuff. so it's oh, like really? a first-person RoboCop.
1: First-person RoboCop. That's kind of cool because that's what the world needed. It got made first-person RoboCop. <laughs> awesome. So the thing maybe a little less hardcore. Uh, going to uh, Joanne Fabrics. Maybe you guys have heard this news. The cosplay world got a big shot in the arm. Joanne Fabrics is now going to sell cosplay materials. What does that mean exactly? Uh, basically, so when you think about cosplay stuff, you think about fabrics. You're going you're to build these costumes Bedazzles. from scratch. Yeah, totally. Sure. But like clay molding things, so you can like build weapons and armor and stuff like that. Stuff you would have to buy from like a hardware store, mm. right? In order to make some of these suits, they're going to start offering that kind of. Does that does yeah. that
2: tell you that the fabric world and the crafting world is going down,
1: or that the cosplay world is going up? It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I'm, I'm guessing they're like contingent of like grannies coming to Joanne Fabrics are probably getting too old to move these days. So, you know. have yeah. you, like you a, been
3: in a Joanne Fabrics lately? I have not. There is nothing scarier than being stuck in a crowd of crafters.
1: Getting oh, to you their know supplies. what? I, I did go into a Joanne. I'm Fabrics just. Last that's, month, I'm making that up on <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> But wow. They have
2: a really strong uh, <laughs> pine soul scent when you walk mm. in. There's like a big thing of pine cones. And so it's fresh? Too much. No, it's it's too fresh. <laughs> it's too fresh. Got fresh, but that's a little bit too fresh.
1: Yeah. My question is that you know, obviously, you've got dedicated people, dedicated cosplayers who yeah. really you know put their heart and soul in this craft. Is this going to bring and in a, hours? Yeah, like weeks, months, years, years, maybe decades. Yeah. I've been working on this project for ten years. Generations. Still not done with it yet. But, yeah, my question is, is like, is this going to bring a bunch of people who don't really know how to do all this stuff trying to make these, like, cheap costumes themselves? I Maybe.
3: I, I, I think we're going to see a steady increase of homemade Halloween costumes, though. I yeah. don't, That's what's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. those kids get two king-size candy bars when they show up, if, you know, from now on. So just the one. It's got- Fully transformable
2: robot suit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: It, they're like, they actually roll up in the car. All the kids get out of the car. The car transforms into the mom <laughs> wearing the Transformers costume. Yeah, you see, it's gonna there, happen.
1: There was actually a video of uh, someone who who cosplayed like Bumblebee or whatever, and like he was just like normal size, you know, had all the armor, but like he had it in a way where he could, if like, he crouched yeah, down, he, like, he could get into like a car form, yeah. And like all these kids were around him and they were freaking out, like, "Oh my <laughs> god, he just transformed!"
2: That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, the skill level it takes to make that kind of stuff is way above.
3: Yeah, I, I can't line. even cut yeah. on a dotted line or keep my colors inside a line. So I did a, a
2: I did a do it yourself Batman costume this Halloween, and I just wore like uh, one of those gray like Green Man suits, you know, like those lycra spandex <laughs> suits. And I bought <laughs> that,
1: that was your Kevlar. I I bought <laughs> I had Kevlar one of those like suit.
2: cheap Batman masks, and then I actually bought from Joanne Fabrics. I bought a cape, yeah. like just a black piece of fabric, and I like put it on my back with bobby pins. That's so. awesome.
3: And I yeah. Good stuff. I'll say I liked your Wayne's World and Garth costume. Yeah, those, was was, those those were cool. That was literally a hat and a, and a wig from Walmart. Well, yeah, but yeah,
2: I had the black shirt. I had to rip my pants. When t- we
3: talked about how the process of ripping your jeans is a lot harder than you would think, it
1: was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Now, when you approached the rip, did you go? Did you go sideways? You know, pull outward, mm. or what? did you kind of cleave? I know? I had to cleave a little bit. So I,
2: I took a razor. Actually, I mm-hmm. took my my beard. Raised my face razor? Body razor? <laughs> body razor. <laughs>
1: you use <laughs> it on your body? <laughs> and <laughs> and I and raised raised the it. knees
2: down until I could rip it up. But yeah. So maybe Joanne will help me out next Halloween. I don't know. Yeah.
1: yeah. There you go. So we got that. But uh, this is a little bit of old news, but I think it's it's worth worth talking about. You know, there's a lot of uh, good stuff going on. Super Bowl commercials, always the probably prime highlight of the Super Bowl if you're not into sports.
2: Didn't really see a whole lot of new stuff. Uh, no. Civil War, there was like that cool uh, Tony Stark hand glove Thing which was really sweet, and Bucky just straight up shooting him in the face. Like, yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah,
3: well, and, and the look sold it too. Where he's like, "Holy crap, he just shot me! Yeah. Like <laughs> he would have like blasted a hole through my face." Yeah, I, I mean, my my favorite trailer I said is not even like a geek trailer. My favorite trailer was the Jason Bourne one because I love on even even the Jeremy Renner Bourne. I love all those movies. So just to see Matt Damon is born again, I was like, "Yes, born again, born again, born yes.
2: again, born." But. You look uh, pretty good in that. No, he yeah. he did. I don't really feel the need to see another one
3: of those movies. Oh, I really
2: I really like the the first three. Thought it res- resolved itself really well. Never saw the Renner one because I thought that was kind of dumb. Yeah, we were, we're talking about? It, the the, the, the Renner
3: the Renner one was good for the first like hour and a half, and then the last forty five minutes was a motorcycle chase straight like they chased to the end of the movie. Really? Yeah. So oh, it was nice. just like them cha- a guy chasing them on a motorcycle, and then. After that, it was like a scene of them on a boat, and then the movie was over. But That's up until that right. point, it was awesome.
2: The chase scenes in that movie are pretty intricate. There's uh, like one in every movie. Yeah,
3: the, the one, my favorite one is, I think, in the third movie when they're like jumping around the, I think they're in like Brazil in the favela, and they're like jumping, like parkouring through buildings and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that was really cool. I like those movies, but if you ask me what a specific action scene
2: was out of any of them, I couldn't tell you. Fly right yeah, over they, your head. Well, they all like have the same kind of like weird European. Born runs away from the CIA and then like gets behind a bus and disappears. Like happens <laughs> like every movie goes so. into like a
1: really like starkly like dank room, just like starts beating people up.
2: Yeah, beats yeah. up a man with a book and then a pen
1: yeah. and then a,
3: a rope. I think he used like a roll roll up newspaper one time or magazine. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He put like a magazine in a toaster and like blew up his
1: house. <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, the two Batman vs Superman uh, mini trailers? I saw, the, I, the Turkish I, Airlines one. That was I, weird. I saw them on weird. YouTube
3: afterwards because I le- after the Super Bowl was over, I was like, oh man, I can't believe they didn't do a, like a Batman vs Superman thing. That's that's pretty crazy because I missed the all the I missed the uh, Civil War one because it was before the Super Bowl mm-hmm. started, um, and my friends and I were watching uh, How I Met Your Mother right up till kickoff. because, Total priority. You know, How, How right? I Met Your Mother, and. Uh, we so we missed all that. So I got home and I'm like, Oh man, here's all everyone's talking about these Turkish air commercials and I had to like re-watch them.
1: They were weird. I actually I wasn't paying attention. Like I was like getting like some like Buffalo Wild Wings. Just, you know, it's gets the tradition. You get the Buffalo Wild Wings. Sure, yeah. yeah. This is not a plug for Buffalo Wild Wings, by the way. But uh, I was going to get some food and like out of the corner of my eye, like I saw Ben Affleck's Batman like sitting there talking. I was like, Whoa, what? Whoa, and just like ran straight into the room, you know? This
2: looks so mad.
1: He does. He's barely
2: contain rage, and it's like is it is he angry because Bruce Wayne is being forced to do a commercial, or because Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne is being forced to do this stupid commercial? I really
1: can't tell. It's yeah. all like kinda of one and the same now. I like that thinly veiled rage.
2: And it was a good move to have Lex be the, the metropolis one because a Clark Kent wouldn't make any sense. So well in, trying, the, fly, in first class, he's I'm like a, a yeah, punk he, reporter. He's like in coach, like getting kicked in the back of the head by like some kid and he's like a baby who threw up on his shoulder.
3: And I, I also think it was a good idea to do Lex because everyone's kind of complaining with Lex is he sounds cartoony, and in that commercial, he didn't sound cartoony no, at all. No, he was very so serious. So I think that scene we see at the party might have been a scene kind of taken out of context, and everyone thought it, like, painted the picture of, like, who he was going to be as a character.
1: Well, see, that's the thing is that, like, I have a feeling that, like, much like their public personas, right, and they're playing off of that, this is this is Lex's public persona, that he's, like, some, you know, twitchy, uh, quirky geek guy, when really, I mean, obviously, he's going to be much, much more sinister, So
2: Yeah. Uh, My faith was restored in the film, though, with the most recent trailer that came out.
1: Finally. We got Malachi hooked on a trailer, finally. Which
2: started with basically Arkham-style Batman busting up through the wall. He RKO'd that one guy out
3: of nowhere. Absolutely. Like, seriously. I was talking
2: to Tyler about this the other day. Like, the stylized violence that Zack Snyder does, very suited for comic book movies. Absolutely. Uh, you know, him him throwing a guy through a wall or, like, 10 feet across the room in a comic book, you don't really think about it. But seeing it in a movie, it could be handled very poorly. Mm-hmm. This looks good, but it also, I don't know, man. Like, he looks, like, too strong almost. Like, for just a regular dude. Like but he, that
1: That's Batman, though, man.
2: I know, and it makes sense. But it's just, like, is that, like, a strength-enhancing strength suit? And I'm talking about the first one, not the one that he fights Superman in when he blocks his punch. And sure, that was which was great. super that was,
3: sick. That was... Henry Cavill, the look on his face, sold that. It was that was the highlight of the trailer for me. Even as happy it was to see Batman finally fighting like Batman, just like the look of like him looking over his arm. And kind of like realizing like what the heck is going what's on? going on? Like,
2: Absolutely, was perfect. And Batman looked pissed, but I really would have liked to see him just like cheesing, just, just like we'll see, him, give him that little smirk. You yeah. like, oh here it
1: comes. That's what <laughs> I like that they that they didn't do that. X I, I give it to you, dude. I yeah, right. I wanted I him to actually look it.
3: at the camera and wink at yeah. the end of the trailer and and like
1: like do a little like. gun. Should have just been yeah. like in theater soon. <laughs> <laughs> you can come see us now. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy that he didn't like smile. That was they think give a nice like effect to it. You know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I really like how he's enjoying himself though. Like, I like how this is a Batman who's, like, so tortured by just being, like, a normal person, and then the only time he's having fun is when he's, like, destroying people. Yeah.
3: Well, and then, you know, we we're t- I mean, like when you and I talked about it, mm-hmm. I agreed with you. Like, I was like, yeah, like, now that you mention it, I kind of thought about it. Like, it did kind of seem a little, like, almost, like, weird to look at. And, you know, I told you, maybe it's because we just haven't seen it yet, and that might be just because, as of now, our idea of Batman fighting in a Batman movie is him just holding his arms over his head and, like, trying to, like... Just one, like, stiff arm people. Basically blocking the entire time. And when I went back and watched it a couple times, a lot of the the scenes where he's, like, throwing dudes and stuff like that, he, like, it's, there's, like, momentum built up behind it. So he's not just, like, standing there and, like, punching someone they go flying. It's, like, he, like, charged someone and, like, grabbed him and, like, kind of did, like, a spin throw. Like, except for that last guy, which he, like, punched so hard he did a front flip and, like, buried (laughs) his head in the ground. That's what I was thinking. Like, that was a little ridiculous. That's the one where I was just kind of like, huh. But – I was so happy to finally see Batman fighting like he's supposed to that yeah. I didn't even
2: care. Yeah, he's just like mowing through them all and he disables their guns. He he comes up through the floor, he throws some kind of device on the weapons so that they short circuit and then it's just him and his fists. Which is super and, sweet. And the yeah. best
3: part of that fight was it was something so small was you know, you see the two guys draw like knives, and while he's fighting he like double punches like two dudes but then the guy stabs his neck and you just see the sparks fly off from his cowl yeah. and it's just like that little attention to detail Ching, that's Ching. just kind of like that made that whole scene
1: yeah. yeah and going back to your point too i mean it, it is kind of like hard to look at obviously but i was listening to um hit what, hit fix podcast uh, Mc, uh is the guy's name which Mc, is that's r- unfortunate which is really funny and just really funny the last guy's last name is mcweeney um, but he he brought up that same point is that you know we have not really seen a Batman move in any suit at all so this is going to be kind of hard to look at and kind of hard for us to take in but
2: I liked it am he, down he's flowing around mm-hmm. a lot better than the Dark Knight fights which you like really couldn't see
3: yeah. yeah and and I like I like snarky Alfred yeah I love him a lot he he, he reminds me a lot of uh, Jeff Johns as Earth One Batman mm-hmm. Alfred mm-hmm. you know the one who was like he was like a Spec Ops former Spec Ops and I think he like trained him yep just yeah so I mean I'm I'm so ready for March. I'm I'm ready.
1: I'm ready too. I'm ready too, but you know, uh, you know what I'm not ready for it is the end of an era. Snyder and Capullo are both leaving Batman here very soon, and that is our main segment. We'll be talking about that very soon. We're going to take a quick commercial break for word from our sponsors and then we'll be back.
0: Wake up in the morning and i go and get the paper. Got get the paper. Hey guys, this episode of Raving Geeks has been
2: sponsored by The Hall of Heroes. Located in Campus Court next to Subway, the Hall of Heroes is open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Visit their website at www.hallofheroesllc.com and let the Hall of Heroes become your go to comic book destination.
0: synopsis is Never had that old fill feel. Cats who make waves and get a 360 deal.
1: Hey, Geek Fans, we are back. Thank you for checking out the Hall of Heroes at any point in time. They're a good place, good store. Michael's cool. Come and see him. But as we mentioned before at our commercial break, we are talking about uh, a very sad day, Dark Day in Gotham. Snyder and Capullo are both leaving Batman very soon. Capullo's already gone. Capullo is already gone. And Snyder is leaving the title in April. He is uh, going over to Detective Comics, so he's still staying on Batman, which is kind of nice, kind of cool. Uh, But still, the end of an era of this great four-year Batman run, and the main title is is five years done for five years. Yeah, so we Mm -hmm. determined it as five. Really sad. How do you guys feel about all this?
2: Well, let's explain to people the significance of him going from the Batman to the Detective Comics because he's dealing with the same character.
0: He is doing the same. When you
2: have you know multiple books about the same guy coming out at the same time, what is that really? What's the difference here?
1: He expressed that Batman was too arc-based. Right, it was too event-based, and while he had a lot of fun writing all these big events, he really is not conducive to his style of storytelling. Um, he hopes that with Detective, it can be more like focused on like, like singular arcs that aren't going to be turned into huge events, um, and that gives him some more room to play with, which is totally understandable. I totally get it. And plus, if you understand a character that well, right, and you've been doing that character for that long, um, you kind of want to be able to take it to the next level that isn't something that's like a company-wide. I, I get
3: it. Yeah, because the, the way that I kind of read it was like when the new 52 first started I believe there was th- four, three main bat books. There was the actual Batman run which was mm. kind of like the main flagship title.
1: There was Detective There was
3: Detective and that they basically is like just take Batman and they made him more more detective based. He was solving, mm. you know, just solving. It was more like murder mysteries that he was solving and and like gangster crimes. It wasn't like he was fighting his big huge no. main like rogues gallery. And, and the then, big
1: main rogues gallery was Dark Knight. The, Batman the yeah, Dark, Dark Knight. Knight
3: and that was basically like the brutal version of Batman mm-hmm. it was it was more almost almost like you could say kind of like a scary movie horror based. Oh yeah. Um yeah, it was they weird. did they did like a that's where they did they did like an Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. with uh with the, Mad Hatter the and, White Rabbit and the White Rabbit and they yeah. really kind of like really made it really goofy and weird and it was just, it was it, it was good. I liked the run but my my favorite's been the main Batman run because of S- Snyder.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's his reasoning. Greg Capullo is just wants to do other things anyway, so he's off, and um, it's understandable. The issue that's on stands right now is uh, Greg's last issue. Um, I saw the cover for it too, and it looks pretty sweet. I mean, he's fighting Mister Bloom still right now. In yeah, the uh,
2: Gordon. Gordon is. Gordon
1: is. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of we'll, we'll where... get into a little
2: bit more about kind of where they're at yep. with Batman right now. We're gonna, Absolutely. We're going to walk through all the, all the arcs and everything, but man, some of the biggest Batman events in the last decade have been these guys some of the best Batman storylines mm-hmm. and it's been a really good time to be alive and be following this kind of stuff cuz this is really the only time that I've really jumped on like each issue like I've I've read all
1: 49 now that are out and been excited to pick one up each time and
2: it's it's gotten better and better yeah I mean Absolutely. the stuff with zero and just how it how it's built on each other too it almost creates like
3: this really complete arc for me that's going to go in a new direction now that they're leaving well and then and that's kind of how I why I'm kind of glad he's leaving Batman. and like I'm upset, obviously, but he's going on to Detectives, so pretty much what it means is I think Detective Comics is now going to become the number one bestseller, because I believe Batman has been the number one bestseller for DC since they started the reboot. And I think it's going to shift over to um, Detective. But I, it kind of makes sense once we explain, you know, the, when we start explaining like the overall plot later on in this podcast, mm-hmm. it makes sense that they're leaving Batman now. I feel like they, if you just Mal kind of were talking about it, like if you started reading this and if you put it in the chronological or not so much the order it was released was zero starting with zero year and then reading through, it was kind of like their where their Batman started and where their Batman ended. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what Jeff Johns did with the Green Lantern. If you read his run from where he started a Green Lantern to where he finished it,
1: it's a circular. It's week. a
3: it's a it's a solid story book. It's like that's all you know. Yeah. That's what you need.
1: Yeah, and that's cool because I mean they have left such an indelible mark on Batman. It'd be it's kinda nice to look at it from from that perspective too, that this is like kind of almost a set piece, you know what I mean? Um even though I would argue that Snyder's work really expanded the mythos, the existing mythos of Batman. It wasn't just like adding to whatever the storyline was, it was actually adding to the canon and to the life background of Batman, which was really cool.
2: Well they were on the unique opportunity that they started right when the New 52 relaunched
1: everything. Which gave them complete carte blanche to do pretty much whatever they wanted.
2: And they, you know, Zero Year, which we'll talk about in a minute, was really their attempt to modernize uh, Year One. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff with Death of the Family was kind of their way of, of reinventing the Bat family. And then Court of Owls, I mean, they really talked about, like, the history of Gotham City. You even get some of that in, like, Endgame, too, with the Joker and his history.
1: Yeah, and reinventing the Joker to some degree, the way that we understand it. Probably so. my
2: favorite version of the Joker. Yeah. Let's really so. sinister, really sinister son of a gun.
1: Absolutely. So go check out these ones before they're ending. Um, as I men- mentioned to these guys before, Yannick Packett's going to be the guy until they decide who the new team is, which I'm really disappointed about. I thought Batman Incorporated was complete crap. And it wasn't just because of Morrison. I just I thought the art was just insufferable. You know personally. what?
2: I didn't, I didn't mind him. If 49, he took over. Uh, apparently, Capula's going to come back. For uh, for the last for fifty one. Oh, he he's gonna draw fifty one. And Snyder said it's probably like the the lightest I've written, not in terms of like being really happy, but mm-hmm. just like the, the number of panels and everything because he's gonna let him like really blow it out. That's cool. But we got our first look, and I I liked it. It's not as visually as distinct as Capullo, but for now it's it's in decent hands. You know, it's hard when you change over artists in any fashion. But let's walk through, let's walk through some of these arcs. We want to do it in the the order that they were released mm-hmm. to kind of track yeah. the progress. I, of this. I think
3: that's because I think it's important to start with the court of owls. Um, because for me, the first comic trade, because like I said, I've read, I read my book, my comics and trades. The first book I ever read was Greg or Jeff Johns year one. Mm-hmm. But then the second one that I got was the first court of owl story. So that was like, even though I'd grown up watching every single episode of the Batman cartoon, Uh, multiple times I watched all the movies this was like my first kind of jump into like the comics and for me if you'd have told me that the Court of Owls had been around since the very beginning I would have believed you because he he did something that I think is very hard he took a beloved franchise and not only created a new villain but he created a new mythos of Gotham City he he created the Court of Owls which is like They've been around longer than Batman. Batman is what it's Gotham City is Batman City, and in his their first story arc, they, they went just, really ballsy and said, "No, it's not. It's actually the Court of Owls who. The only reason that Batman's kind of alive is because they decided that he's that, that he's, he it's he's, he's okay. To he's operate. an a, he's kind of like an asset for them. They don't have to work as hard with Batman around, but. They kind of proved it. The second we want you gone, we can get rid of you. And he's—I mean—he's got a great. Snyder's got a really good background in like horror and like gothic
2: horror. He does. In Court of Owls, to me, was very like because it's like this organized secret society that's mm-hmm. been around since the foundations of Gotham. And Gotham's been established already. as kind of like this Victorian city, you know. And it's, it's been around for for you know since the beginning of America, basically. Uh, you know, since it was settled, Gotham City's been around. So it's got such a rich history and dark history and, and secret history that people aren't aware of and it's been you know things have been built up on top of each other so they have all of these like secret hideouts and like labyrinthian like m- you know mazes throughout the city and and there's like this weird you know like the the talons like their henchmen are like these unstoppable ageless killing machines and you find out that like uh the flying graysons and like that whole circus was like created as like a recruitment tool like it's
3: yeah like nightwing like dick grayson was supposed to be one of these talents, but after you know his parents were killed and bruce adopted dick it got him out of that circle and it was just it was just it was like eye-opening for me it was because it was just it wasn't another joker story it wasn't another riddler story it wasn't another you know poison ivy story was another penguin story it was like something new that i'd never heard of before yeah and it,
2: they were like this violent cabal but they were also like upper class they were like they're almost, all aristocrats yeah they were all like aristocrats ruling class of gotham and i thought that was really cool too as bruce wayne somebody who's like in this family you know it, i think that arc begins with him
3: being thrown out of historic wayne tower by one of these talons yeah and and they tied it back because you would think the waynes would be one of these families that are in this arc or that are in the um in the group of like the Talons but you find out that the Talons actually like they murdered Bruce Wayne's like great great grandfather like way back in the time and yeah. I I really enjoyed all the tie-ins with the, like the Court of like became a whole DC thing with the Bat Family where they did all the tie-ins yeah. with all the other characters. They they even tied them in with Jonah Hex mm-hmm. and did like way back in the Old West that he was they were in Gotham City of the Old West
1: and that really lent to the idea of what you said is of world building. Right, is mm-hmm. that like very few writers get a chance to get this this piece of this iconic franchise and really expand all of it and this all did. And going back to you know the horror aspect. It's, I mean, that whole story, besides all the cool devices, is really super intricate. Mm-hmm. One of Snyder's biggest influences is Stephen King. I mean, who is the master of plot twists, the master of, like, intricate He's, he's written with building. Stephen King before. That's fantastic.
3: Yeah, uh, his American Vampire run. The first oh, yeah. first trade is written by him and Stephen King. So, yeah. it, you know, he, that's why I think he's so good with mm-hmm. his horror
1: stories. That influence is definitely there, especially in that first book. And for that to be the first book, yeah. you know, for that to be the launch... I mean that's something that like guys have to wait to do for, like, years and years and years I'm working on a title. And to be able to give him that opportunity at the very Gecko, I mean, they really set the, the bar really super high. Setting
2: the tone for sure, because at the end of this book, I mean, at the end of every one of these arcs, he's at his rope. You don't know how he's going to win. He's bloodied and broken. And There's an actual sense of fear. They At one point, they break into the Batcave, and he's, like, behind this big uh, vault, and you're like, what is he going to do? Like, they're coming down on him, and his suit's all busted up. Like, they they push him. They really push him in each and, one of
3: these arcs to, like, his limit. And then yep. at the end of the – and we're going to go into spoilers on in these because, as Ben and I have said before, we're kind of a spoiler podcast. Yeah, we, we don't spoiler care. Um, he, it's his brother is, be- is one of the owls behind everything. And it's like they brought in this story where they ne- they didn't actually say, hey, it's actually his brother. But, I mean, I if you were to ask me, was that actually his brother? Yes, I think it was. And I forgot was, about that. It was this story of where his his mom and dad had a son before him and a car accident. Yeah. Yep, car accident, and they thought he died or
1: he really, the court he, just got. All yeah, of him. The,
3: I I can't remember if he died or if they put him up for adoption after that. His mom and dad, because they were some 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 way that he got he got out of the Wayne family, and he, it's like a revenge plot against Bruce because he, he looks at Bruce and that's who he should have been. And
1: he's the he's the main talent, right? He's like the.
3: Um, he's I don't know if he's the main talent. He's he's one of he he was like. Posing as a politician who was running for mayor, yeah, um, and yeah. Stuff. So he, I, I think he was probably just someone of really big influence that the towns were like, hey, we can use him. And then he, I, did he even know that Bruce was Batman at first, or so that just kind of came along as the story went on?
1: I'm not sure, but when he made his big reveal, it yeah. made it seem like he had known. For yeah. So I mean,
3: in not since Hush had I seen a villain
1: that. Was
3: so inside of Batman's head.
1: Well, that's interesting too, because Court of Owls felt like Hush on steroids. You know, mm-hmm. a much better crafted Hush. I yes. really don't like Hush. Well, Hush. The thing about Hush is that it. it I, I like it, but I, I think one of the main criticisms is it's like throw every villain we can into this story and like just launch them at it. It's
2: really unoriginal. Yeah, it's like all of like I don't know. It's it's like a, a well, collection of like greatest hits thrown it, in one. Doesn't book. it? It feels like a cheap
1: long Halloween, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, and. I'm excited. And going back to him now, going to te- Detective. I'm really excited to see what he does in Detective, because before he wrote Batman, a lot of people don't know that Scott Snyder actually did write for Detective Comics. He wrote a, he wrote a couple arcs. Uh, it's the Black Mirror run. Mm-hmm. It's with Dick Grayson as Batman. It was after uh, Bruce Wayne had died in, uh, during.
1: uh Just for uh, Battle of the Cal. Right? Yeah, like yeah. during it was yeah. at,
3: it was around that time, and they brought in that was the arc where uh, Jim Gordon's son is like a serial killer, and yeah. that's kind of like Dick's joker is is dick grace is uh jim gordon's son and that if, if you haven't read that trade pick that up because it's really really it good really and good. it's it's really dark you know going back to the how he you know he writes this really dark gotham city's almost a character in the story and you know so court of owls
2: he's confronted with this the knight of the owls basically all mm-hmm. each talent goes out and they have like a list of people to assassinate and and at the conclusion of this he regains the city he takes it
3: back what's the next one right after that um Chronologic-wise, it's uh, Death of the Family. But in terms of, like, release date, what do they do after that? I think it was... Yeah, it was Death of the... Death yeah, came they, right they, after yeah, that. They, they did that right after that. There was
1: some it. filler episodes between there, but Death did follow that, which was amazing. Extremely ambitious, too. Extremely ambitious. Trying to take the old Death of... Um, well, it's a it's a playoff of Death in the Family, of course, when yeah. you know Joker killed Robin. And they bring that up once or twice between, you know, all of us, and especially in his interactions with Damian Wayne. But you've got the Joker who in Detective Comics and we were actually trying to figure out where this storyline actually came through, right? Was it
3: Oh, yeah, it's I don't know if it was the first issue of Detective Comics or it happened right before, but the doll maker the Joker tells Tells the doll maker to cut his face off.
1: It's an episode it's an it's an issue four. Yeah,
3: it's it's issue basically that he was Thomas. trying to prove to Batman that you're you're the one wearing like a mask. Like if you take your mask off, you're somebody else. But underneath my face, his you know, the Joker's mask, it's still him. This is just who he is. It's not he's not hiding behind anything. He's not changing his personality, it's just that's who he is. So he cut off his face to say, like, I'm still crazy, even without my mask which is
1: it's a really interesting way to start that because i mean again we're going back to like the beginning of this this whole relaunch right you're mm-hmm. reintroducing all this stuff you got one joker story which is the beginning of detective joker disappears all of a sudden and then the next three issues next three or four issues are all Dollmaker and then at the end of that little tiny mini arc you see this really like graphic picture of joker's face basically like stuck to a wall
2: and then a year goes by mm-hmm. doesn't
1: bring him up ever again
2: the, so, yeah, like you said, first issue mm-hmm. puts him in Arkham Asylum. The whole face thing happens. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, the and t- then a year he's gone. You have no idea what's going on. And, you know, as a reader, you, you just, okay, whatever. You're dealing with other villains and then and you, you, forget get you forget about it. forget about it. But well, this I mean, entire the, time he's putting Joker, it together this really complex it, it, it plot.
3: Tends to be overused, you know. It's, sure. It's, you don't go very long without having a Joker story. So it was kind of – that's why I really like The Court of Owls because it like, hey, it's a, not a Joker story. So when they when they brought him in for death of the death of the family, I, I kind of going into it said this better be something special. I don't want just another Joker trying to poison the Gotham City to make everyone smile story. You and know? it's it's at this point
2: he's deciding basically I'm going to I'm going to separate you from this ridiculous family that you've built around yourself, and I'm going to show you that in the end it's really just you and me. Yeah, he's he's you know, you
3: know he's trying to say like you, all these friends you have that you think make you stronger are what's making yeah, you make weak. you weak.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's just—it's an interesting way to look at the Joker, right? Because you always knew that there were always two sides of the same coin, right? That, that was a given. But for him to have this complex that he actively makes him better is—it's just so insane. It was a, a new take on the on the character. That I mean, God, it was—it was frightening. It was obsessive. There was all that. There's like a very specific line where he's talking about. It. I think it's in like the first couple, maybe the first issue or the second issue. Um, where there's just, like, this splash page of just Joker in his, like, one eye. And it's, like, kind of, like, not, like, dilated. It's just, like, really, like, pinhole. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, talking about, like, the different looks, like, different pantomimes that you see in people when they're lying to you, when they're in love or whatever. And that's what he says at the very thing. is like, when I saw his eye that last time, it wasn't fear. It wasn't hate. It was love. And, like, you have this, like, he's, like, got this romanticized version of Batman, which is just so crazy. Love it. Absolutely love it. And he's so...
2: God, he's so scary in this, man. Like, like Leatherface scary. The face cutoff thing is one, is one part of it. But, I mean, there's a sequence in the beginning where he he begins this whole plan by attacking the, the GCPD. Yeah, he and recovers his face from, like, the evidence room. Yeah, he, he kills, like, kill, seven cops. Kill, I think he kills, like, every cop but Jim Gordon. I think he even, like, stabs Gordon, too. Yeah, Like, he's in there with the lights off, and, the, like, the police are, like, afraid, and they're, like, you know, one by one, they're getting taken down in the and dark. I think
3: the way – and the way Capula draws it, it's – The angles he – because I watched an interview with him, and he always says, like, he like if he has a character, like, looking down at at the water, he doesn't, like, drawing them from behind, like, how everyone else does, drawing it down from behind and looking at the water. He'll draw it from under the water, looking out, distorted at – and I think in all those scenes, it's dark, and all you see are his eyes and a smile. Mm -hmm. So, like, you don't really – if you hadn't read the detective run – like, I didn't know that he cut off – the Joker had his face cut off until they showed it in the Batman book, you know, because – he doesn't show the Joker's face on the or anything, you know, when he's like running around the police station. You just see his smile in his eyes, and it's just—it's just kind of like got that Shazier Cat kind of, you know, an Alice yeah. in Wonderland kind of creepy vibe to it. So. Yeah.
2: Well, and even in in this in one of the tie-in books, I think Joker sheds his own kind of family. Like he tries to kill Harley Quinn, and she's like, "What? What's <laughs> yeah. going on?" Because well, she's he, been he, off doing suicides and like, stuff.
1: So. Yeah, he like tries to make her like more attuned to what he yeah, is Yeah, he wanted now. to cut her face off, I think, too. Because I think there is a, a very poignant line where, where Harley is talking to Batman, and it's just like, it's he's, he's not him anymore. It's not Dr. J. Yeah, she Dr. yeah. Dr. dresses Dr. was saying Dr. J, up. like, you know, oh, yeah. Julia Serving. Yeah, he dresses <laughs> her up like J. the
3: old Red Hood, his old Red Hood costume, because the whole thing is he's kind of like taking Batman on a journey through their time together. Yeah. Like, they go to the, like, they their first big confrontation is where they first met, like, by the Gotham water thing on top you know and he's fighting and he met Harley in the actual like uh, ace acid chemical plant and he had to save her and that's when she's like it's not him anymore like he's he doesn't care about anything.
2: And so. the big twist about this too is that he he purports to know the names, the identities of all of the whole bat family of Bruce and all and all of the you know nightwing and the robins and everything like that. But it that. never
1: discloses whether he actually does or not, and, right? And just-
2: he he so there's a there's a point where, you know, he the Joker breaks into Wayne Manor. He captures everyone. He captures Alfred. He puts them around, like, this big, like, table and, like, tries to feed them, like, bugs. And, like, it's crazy. Completely crazy. Batman bursts in. He ends up, like, being able to save everyone. But in the end, Joker wins. Yeah. Because, you know, Batman basically, like, lies to his whole family about maybe knowing the fact that Joker knew who it, who he was. Because, he you know, he, we saw him in Arkham one time as Bruce Wayne. And, like, he, he could tell, like, in his eyes... And he didn't you know he didn't trust people with that information
3: that's what it was right there was something that he did yeah.
2: lie about
1: the, the the thin veil of trust between the rest of the family is completely gone yeah, it,
3: the the scene was bruce wayne went and visited the joker in arkham asylum as bruce wayne and he was standing there and the joker was looking away at the wall so he wasn't looking back through the glass and batman starts talking to the joker at like in his you know his batman voice and he's is, basically like game over yeah right? with like so. just kind of talking to him and Bat, you know, Bruce kind of says, like, all he had to do was turn around. If he'd have turned around, he'd have known who I was. But he doesn't care. But, you know, the Joker doesn't care who, who Batman is because he only cares about Batman. So it's almost like to him, he doesn't want to know who's under the mask because it humanizes him then. And he just wants this, yeah. you know, the, the, the figure, the the symbol of Batman that everyone else knows, you know.
1: Absolutely. But. Yeah,
2: to me, I mean, this is this is up there with Killing Joke. I, I think I might even like it more than Killing Joke because of the length of it. It's twenty three issues long. It went on for like two years almost.
3: And I mean, there was there was a lot of con- like uh, controversy when it came out because a lot of people said like at the end of the day, like they a lot of people were like, well, it really was a, didn't really do anything at the end. Like at the end was just kind of like, uh, it's over. Like it he kind of beats
2: Joker and yeah, then Joker falls off of uh, and like a waterfall in the he in the back. Did, did he
3: like a, a lot of people were saying like. They either wanted – because there was a scene where, like, the Joker shows Batman that he cut off everyone's face, you know, and then that was just fake. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, either someone should have died or he should have at least know, know who they are now. Like, there was just – like I said, it was just kind of like a built-up story and then nothing happened at the end.
2: It was a bit of a cop-out, but you – I mean, my interpretation of it is that he does know who the identities of everyone yeah. is. He just doesn't care, you know, and he did – he. Essentially broke up the family. Yeah, you know And I mean there there was trust there that never was really recovered.
3: From. And then and at the time, you know when the, how they end up how they beat him is the Joker just falls off this cliff down in the Batcave, and he's and he's gone, and everyone else just assumes like yeah he drowned like he there's no like the waters down there are, like super rough I think they say and there's like no way he has he didn't come out of any of like the holes out of the cave and stuff. Well, and, there's
2: a much better conclusion that happens later. Yeah, so but they were at, they at, were at really t- playing yeah, the long at game that time. You know we're just like oh he
3: sure. You know, so after this,
2: they, they go back. They do zero year in zero year, which is their reimagining of
1: his origin of and his, year one, yeah,
2: yeah. and his origin and kind of him him learning how to be Batman and,
3: and getting things together. But it really takes a crazy turn. Oh yeah, it, it goes like, and again, it goes back to the when when I heard it was another origin story. I was like, okay, guys, like, do we really need to hear another retelling of Batman? And there's so much reverence for year one but, too. But they did it in a way that I was okay with it again, and they brought in the Riddler. You know, a, a character that you, kind of like a goof character. You know, like hey, just saw my riddle and you beat me. But they brought in, they tied in this like post-apocalyptic Gotham City kind of like it reminded me of like uh, the Last of Us kind of like the yeah. Gotham City was overgrown and like nature took over or like uh,
2: I Am Legend or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Just- so this this starts off. There's it's three parts. It's uh, Secret City, Dark City, and Savage City. I think are the names of the three. Uh, yeah. Something. And it starts off with like this. Like you said, post-apocalyptic wasteland, Gotham City is like destroyed in this big flood, and they think that Batman's dead. And you're like, what is going on? And the really great part about this too is that Capullo goes crazy with the colors. Like you never really see Gotham City with like these like neon pinks and purples and, and- you know yellows and all kinds of stuff like this. And uh, him out in the daytime. Then we jump back in time, and the first arc, you know, Secret City, is set five months before the flood, and it begins with Bruce Wayne returning to Gotham after doing, like, his ninja training and stuff. And it's kind of like Batman begins, and, you know, everybody thought he was dead, and he comes back to the city, and he kind of, like, tries to learn how to be Batman again, Yeah, I guess for the first time. And they
3: work in the Red Hood gang, you know, and set it up to how the Red Hood gang is, like, maybe the Red Hood himself, the one that everyone believes is Joker now. Maybe that wasn't him. Maybe it was just some person. They constantly are changing, and it's never the same guy.
2: But you also see the leader of the Red Hood gang yeah. is, like, this really, like, intelligent, sinister criminal. Which and makes you think that it's the Joker anyway. And they do, yeah. a, they do a thing with the hood mask where, like, you know, before the hood, which is really, like, this big, dumb helmet, like, like a fishbowl like, yeah. helmet, yeah. covers the whole face. In this, it's it, it stops, like, underneath the nose. So this guy's, like, mm-hmm. always smiling. Yeah. So it's very clear, like, okay, so this guy he wasn't like a comedian who got screwed over. Like he was a pretty sinister character before all of this stuff happened, which I kind of liked it. It made, it kind of fleshed him out as like this, I mean, it was a new brand of costume criminals that was like attacking Gotham. And yet it was, you know, it was always the Joker at the beginning, you know?
3: And and you know you mentioned the color because everything before that was really dark 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 and then they flipped it and everything was super bright I mean Batman was wearing purple gloves and everything but it was it was back and I can't it's this guy here Malachi if you look here it's FCO Pla- Plas Is he the colorist he's the colorist I I I wish I could say his name because he's amazing and that's all, I'm almost gonna miss him as much as I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna miss the whole team Danny uh, Miki on he does the inking mm-hmm. so like. Kapula, Miki, and the FCO guy together just made a visually amazing book. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just – that's – I'm going to miss that a lot because it was the first time I saw Batman with bright colors, like a lot of blues and, like, oranges and like purples. purples. And yeah. it was just – it was really cool to look
2: at. So the first arc in Secret City, he's not Batman yet, but he's, he's donned a costume. He puts on, like, disguises and goes to, like, the red light district. And the Red Hood gang gets hired to – kill bruce wayne by his uncle there's like you know some financial game uh, that he had there
3: something kane which, kane. Yeah, which is because she's related to cassandra kane who's bat woman
2: right mm-hmm. so this this arc ends with him just getting beat to a bloody pulp because he's still pretty incompetent at this point and they blow up
3: his apartment and he was like in it when it blew up yeah and- he
2: he fails big time but uh Af- alfred rescues him he goes back to wayne manor which he wasn't living in before and he finds the Bat Cave. He finds, like, this big cave of bats that he was afraid of as a child. So second arc, we go into Dark City. This is his first month as Batman. He's still trying to take down the Red Hood uh, robbery. Um, and this is where, like, the Ace Chemicals Joker thing kind of happens. Uh, at the meantime, or in the meantime, Riddler is, like, amassing power.
3: Yeah, he was actually hired by Kane mm-hmm. to kind of be, like, his like his business strategist and
2: look if part of this is like a dig on bob kane i really hope so (laughs) that's how i i
3: saw it well i mean i i I can say you could go with that but i still do think i mean they worked it in with the kane's like a known name in the batman yeah for sure um but this
2: dude's like a really like sleazy older older guy guy, yeah
3: but i mean so like the riddler is just you know he was some strategist kind of like no one really like is thinking anything of it. but like you look they walked in and it's like his room and he had like the string theories everywhere, how everything's connected and yeah. he's just he then comes up with a plan to use Kane to take over Gotham City and like plunge it down to the like into the dark ages and then I don't he's like one of the only ones who has control of the power. So it's kinda like <laughs> you could argue you know it's kinda got that Mad Max feel with, you know, he they had the water, so that's why they were powerful. But yeah and it's just like it's like super gladiatorial Walking Dead that movie Doomsday kind of feel to it you know it's just Batman's got like a bow and arrow and he's driving around on a little motorcycle yeah
2: in in Savage City Mm -hmm. after uh, there's like this weird crazy like airship with like there's, like, this blimp battle in the sky as, like, this storm comes on Gotham. And that's where, like, the really, like, the crazy color stuff comes into play. He's fighting Dr. Death, who was, like, a nobody supervillain before. I
1: was going to say, how does Dr. Death factor in all this? So. I,
2: I don't quite remember, actually. <laughs> it had I to know. do
3: something with he – because Dr. Death has, like, this, like, serum that makes the bones inside your body, like – pretty much, like, rip out of your skin. Yeah, and, it grows until you, like. Like, you pretty much just become, like, a bone statue kind of thing. And he was, they were going to put it in the blimps, which were a callback to the uh, old animated series with the blimps around. Um, then they were going to spread it all over Gotham City. It was kind of, I think it was kind of like a contingency plan. It's not like he was going to do it, but it was like the Riddler's like, hey, I have my my finger on on this trigger. This so is the if you try to stop me, boom, everyone's wiped and, out. And he's working together
2: with the Riddler, too. Mm-hmm. And, and Okay, so at the end of this, Riddler has the power, there's this huge storm coming that's going to flood the city, and Riddler, like...
1: Always a storm coming, by the way. There's a storm There's always a storm coming.
2: Riddler, like, shuts off the power to, like, a reservoir or, like, the levees break or something like that. Because in this, Gotham City's, like, on the coast or something. Uh, and the, the wave comes and just destroys everything. And that's where we get into, like, this... Riddler's like in control, and he's like making this the citizens fight in like a gladi- gladiatorial it's like the ring. Hunger Games, man. Yeah, it is like a <laughs> Hunger Games situation. And Batman's like super underground. Uh, this is the one we talked about. Batman fighting animals. This is where he like attacks a couple lions. It, well, and Perfect. we forgot
3: to mention in the death of, death of the families where he punched the <laughs> the, fl- the flaming oh, horse. Oh yeah, my, my favorite part in comics. Uh, like, animal
2: abuse yeah. in this and yeah. these.
1: And when we get to, when we get to finally to, to super heavy, there is there's an instance of uh, shark shark fighting as yeah, well too. Yeah, there's a bit of shark fighting. So we'll get to that as Classic. well. Classic, but yeah, so this is this is all trying just like to build this this larger mythos of where Bruce kind of learned the Batman game.
2: Yeah, really great. Zero years, awesome. It's really long, so I mean, it, it's a bit of an investment. It's but the
3: two longest books out of their whole trade. Is I think the I think the second part of it is the longest, but because if you buy it in trades, they broke it up into two parts. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting too because like when I was watching all this kind of happen, and this is one of the arcs that I, I just didn't get a chance to really sink my teeth into because I mean I love Death in the Family or Death of the Family, excuse me. And uh, right after that, they started all the Zero Year stuff. Kind of took a break from it a minute, and then I noticed that it was just still going on, and it was like got to a point where it's like I'm not even sure I can keep up with this. I got to get the trades. So. Yeah, it
2: was a bit complicated too.
1: Yeah, but it was great.
2: Uh, and then they move on from there, and we go right
3: into Endgame. Yep. correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, timeline wise, there was like a. After death of the family, between that and Endgame, I think it was like three, two years, something like that. But that's where the Batman and Batman Eternal storyline comes in. Mm-hmm. That's what takes place in between that and the Endgame story. Just because they're both Joker stories, so it's like spoiler: alert, the Joker comes back; he's not dead, yeah. and it. Before I read it, all I was hearing is that Endgame is like it's changing the mythos of Batman. It's it's just, it's it's going to change it. And I'm like, well, you know how. You know what's what's going on, and it was one of those books where it started off kind of it started off really hot, and it went in a direction. By the time I read the finished the book, it went in a direction I wasn't expecting, mm-hmm. and I had read what had happened beforehand ahead of spoiled. But it's one of those books where if you haven't read it, and you by the end when you put the book down, you're just like whoa, yeah. like did they kind of just do that kind of thing the way so. that
2: this was described to me if death of the family was joker's like love note to batman like i'm gonna kill your family for you to because make that, stronger, i love you because i love you yeah. end game is hate end game yeah. is him being like i'm gonna kill you now like you you scorn me hell hath no fury like a lover scorn that's yeah. some
1: that's some john deere letter yeah. that is some john deere letter yeah. dear john you mean dear john
2: he's dr- driving a john deere tractor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a
1: it's a uh, dumb and dumber joke yeah Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a, a it's little okay. slow on that one. She gave me a John Deere letter. <laughs> 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 if, if life, if life gives you melons,
2: to...
3: you might be <laughs> dyslexic. You yeah, know? So. yeah, there you go.
2: So this begins in a big way, too. I mean, this this opens up with Batman versus the Justice League. Which is epic. That yeah. whole fight is insane. And he's got this, like, super robot that has, like, red sun in each knuckle and, like, all, all kinds of crazy stuff in it to fight Superman, right?
3: Yep. And, and I absolutely loved every single panel of it.
1: Absolutely, Um,
3: it starts off like the best part is like he's looking out a window and he's and the thing is like in this storyline like Bruce is still pretty messed up physically from the first time the joke hit him like they 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 mention it like Alfred and Alfred's kind of messed up from the attack as well so they had Alfred's daughter come in so we're introduced to Alfred's daughter Mm -hmm. which. I'm assuming she's been in the comics for, but this is the first time I've ever Julia seen Julia Pennyworth?
1: No, I believe is that. She new? Is she new? From, from what I understand, yes, she's new. I'd never, <laughs> yeah, i never seen Yeah, because the only time before. I
3: think we've ever had Alfred have a daughter was in the George Clooney version of Batman. Which we <laughs> don't want to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but they're, like, looking out the window of one of the old Court of Owl headquarters that Batman has turned into his own kind of, like, headquarters, safe haven. And she's, like, looking out the window, and Bruce is standing looking at her, and she's like, what's that? And, he's like what's what and then just Wonder he, Woman just pile drives him through the window slams through the window and just starts beating Bruce Wayne senselessly like yeah and I mean he fights He has, his suit is he's got kryptonite for uh, for Superman He's and he's got red suns he's got, in, his, in his gloves is it red suns? he's
1: got two red suns miniature red suns in his yeah, gauntlets
3: he, he's got like yeah. something to stop the flash of speed and he's got like he's got epoxy a towel with, to dry off Aquaman
2: yeah
1: you know? it's like, like it's epoxy <laughs> that sucks all the water out, yeah. out of him no, yeah. no.
3: Yeah, so
2: he he manages to subdue them all, and he finds out that each member of the Justice League was infected with a specific toxin created by the master chemist, the Joker, mm-hmm. and he is back,
1: baby, with a vengeance.
2: Yep, um, I I kind of forget where things go from there. I know he gets in a fight with James Gordon, right?
1: He does. They kind of they kind of like spar about how to deal with Joker if he is back. Well,
3: it's it's kind of one of those things where everyone at this point is now like you You need to kill him yeah. because this is because the whole point of the story is Bruce Wayne is everybody in Gotham is infected with this this chemical and it's he's trying it's like he's trying him and uh, Julia Penny, Pennyworth are trying to figure out this joker toxin it's like a new one they've never they seen they don't have an antidote every time they they think they find an antidote it like adapts it to mutates. a different one yeah. and they just and it's kind of like every in 48 hours everyone's dead Yeah. and it kind of works into it where somehow I don't remember how, but they find out that the inside the Joker's blood is the, I don't, I think the Joker might even tell him like the only way you can save everyone in Gotham is by killing me.
2: So, so what ends up happening, uh, there's a really great reveal where they go to Arkham asylum, which is,
1: Fantastic,
2: and uh, and he's with this guy Eric Border,
1: who's supposed to be like the new head of Arkham, and he's and,
2: he's really he's saying to him, you know, I've I've only been trying to help Gotham since you've been here, and I've been here in Arkham, and I'm I'm trying to reform people, and then he gases him, and he's like, wait a minute, what what's going on here, dude? And it turns out it is the Joker, and, and he says, you know what, I I tried to help you. Now our relationship's coming to an end. There's nothing you can do about it, and yeah. he basically leaves him incapacitated. Well, he releases this gas, right?
3: Yeah, and and this Eric Border character, if I remember correctly, with the Batman Eternal run, it was a bunch of the Batman writers at the time. So it was like Snyder and Tomasi and uh, that Tyrion Tyrion the Fourth, James Tinian, James Tinian the Fourth. Yeah. They were doing they were, they were all doing that weekly run, and this Border guy was a character in that the whole time. So if you had read that run, it was like, here's this character that's been around for like a couple of months now that no one, so then after that long period, you find out that this guy the whole time had been the Joker. So it had a little more punch if you had read that run. I didn't. I found that out looking afterwards. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. So I, I kind of wish I would have read it in that order to get like the weight behind this character being the Joker. But yeah, he that's when he gasses, you know, Batman. And then now that Batman's poisoned as well, he's like, you need to kill me. And then everyone them. So he's like, you need to kill him, and Batman's like, no, I don't kill people. And they're like, this might be the one time where you need to just ignore your rule and just finally end it.
2: Yeah, and it's the stakes are super high. So you find out that uh, Joker's been, like, really – screwing with him the whole time. Like, I'm a I'm a part of Gotham. He, he finds, like, these old pictures of, like, this pale-faced man. Well,
1: he's trying to, like, build and, this mythos, like, without even, like, knowing the court of owls, right? Yeah. Probably, like, intrinsically. Like, he tries to build up, like, you know, hey, they were here too, but I was too. Because he's saying that he been, was taking, like, uh, I'm trying to think what the actual element they, was. Like, uh, Dionysium or something like that? Yeah. Oh, some, yeah you, well, that's yeah. you find out later. Cause, sure.
3: Because at first, they're just arguing that... Let's not that get ahead of the story. Just, they just argue that the Joker's immortal. He's The re- the reason that Batman can't kill a Joker is because, even if he wanted to, he couldn't. He's this immortal figure that's been in Gotham. They see all these old pictures and stuff. And he goes to the Court of Owls and the Court of Owls have this legend of this man called the Pale Man, mm-hmm. who's just been around forever. And, like, Batman starts thinking, like, holy crap. The Joker is this immortal figure, you know, that I'm going to be, that I'll be fighting till I'm dead,
1: basically. And even if I kill him, yeah, he's he, back. Yeah, he can't die.
2: Yeah. And he's got this natural compound, this. This Dionysium. Dionysium is like that's how you say it. That's like yeah. in his spine, and we find out that he was able to survive at the end of death of the family because it's he, in the Batcave. Cave. Because he found like this weird underground <laughs> channel when he was you know fell off the the waterfall. Was so he, just, he like, prospecting for
1: coal or something? Yeah, and and
3: <laughs> basically what it is is it's one of the Lazarus pits. You find out that the yeah. Lazarus pit is not just this pit that you know the, the Raz Al Gul has it. There's different pockets around the world, mm-hmm. and there just happened to be one. Under Gotham City, in you know deep, deep into the Batcave,
1: and that Lazarus Pit thing. I mean, that they they do talk about that once in a while. That like he, there are multiple Lazarus Pits mm-hmm. all over the place. But this is the first time that you actually get a look into what the like chemical composition of a Lazarus Pit actually is, which and, is kind of cool.
3: and they kind of break and then they do it again where you know the Joker starts doing kind of what the Court of Olives did, where he's like, I've been around here for so long. Like you think this cave is your cave, like. It's yeah. it's mine. I know I know it. Cave. Yeah, like I own this Dibs. cave because he's <laughs> able to Dibs, get Dibs. in and out of the cave. And Batman, he's like, how is he getting in and out of here? Like I don't, I can't even stop him. He's coming in wherever he wants to. Yeah. He chops off
2: Alfred's hand. Yeah,
3: he he does it beca- and
2: there's the- this huge fight going on in the streets where where his toxin has basically turned Gotham insane and mm-hmm. everyone's like fighting each other and it's you know brought to the same kind of like apocalyptic apocalyptic level that was in Zero Year almost. So the Bat Family's dealing with that. At the same time Batman is trying to find this cave you know he's trying to like shut off the source of his power find out if and actually I believe that there's like a uh, the antidote is in this Dionysium so he's got to find the source of it
3: yeah and the, and the joker kind of sets him up. After he cut off Alfred's hand, which he cut off his right hand because Alfred is Batman's right-hand man and everything's a joke to Joker. So that's why he did it. He's like, I could have killed him, but I didn't. I just took your right hand. There's this horrible. sinister.
2: I mean, Batman's like either on his way or he's already in the cave. And uh, Alfred, there's this panel where he's just like clutching his hand and he's just so afraid because his hand has been lopped off. Because right before that. And you're like. What is going to happen? He, he's going to kill Alfred. Oh, my God.
3: And right before that, Alfred shot the Joker on the side of the head with a shotgun, like <laughs> ripped half the side of his face yeah. off. And yeah. so that's what that that really started lending into this. He's immortal. He's immortal. Well, they figure out where the, the puddle of special goo is. Um, and then it's on. Then baby. Joker's like, well, if you're going to try to do this, I'm kind of he makes this huge parade, steals everything out of the bat game. Takes the giant Tyrannosaurus Rex statue. Takes the giant poster on it. Takes the penny. puts puts the Joker face on it. And just has this huge parade. And it's kind of like at the end, I think it was going to be like some explosion or something. So Batman has to decide, is he going to go and try to get this antidote or is he going to go stop the Joker? And he can't do both. So he breaks into the Arkham Asylum and breaks all the other villains out. So, like, he has, like, Clayface and Penguin oh, yeah, and, and like, Killer that. Croc. And he looks at them and goes, the Joker is going to kill everyone. I know we're not. We, you know, you don't want to work with me. But if the Joker wins, you guys lose too. So the, all the villains in Gotham City are kind of like, I guess he's got a point. Without, the goth, without Gotham City, we really have nothing. So they team up with him. And it's just the like whole Gotham entire City, Bat family is there with them.
1: Gotham City Fight Club. And
3: they go and they all try to stop this parade. During the fight, Batman and Joker are fighting, and he's like, "Oh, you chose to, you know, fight me instead of, you know, get the antidote." Blah blah this and that, and he breaks the joke or Batman's mask, and when he takes it off, he sees that it's Dick Grayson, and it's not even Bruce, and he starts freaking out because they finally and and that was I was like, man, joke. I was like, Batman's laughing at him, and I was like, that's weird that Batman's laughing, and it goes into again my one complaint we we're talking about. The one thing I complain it's not even Capula's fault, but all the Bat Family characters kind of look the same. Yeah. So I, it was Dick Grayson, but until he said, "Hey, you're that great," you know, you're not, you're Nightwing, you're you not really that. Thought it was Bruce? I thought it was Bruce. Interesting. Yeah. And they pulled a fast one over on the Joker. Bruce is down in the pit getting the antidote, and, and he then they they confront each other down there, and this is like.
2: You have the fight in in Dark Knight Returns in the Tunnel of Love where they're they're fighting to the death and you know it and they're they're at their brink and they're getting cut up and everything. But this is like this is like that cranked up even. Like yeah. this is the definitive final fight Absolutely. for me between Batman and the Joker. Because you know, you know, the Joker detonates uh the bombs that you had mentioned, so the cave is falling down around them. They realize neither of them is gonna get out of there alive. There's this pool of regenerative abilities too, so they need to like they're like fighting to get there so that they can like you know level up or whatever and it's just it's
3: it's so brutal like joker's spine is broken batman gets a face carved into his back i mean it's just like yeah went all out on this one so and it it pretty much ends with a giant piece of the cave falling down and crushing the pit so they can't revive and joker's like you've killed us you've killed us you've killed us and Bruce finally starts laughing because he's he know he knew he had to kill the Joker, but he was going to go out as well, knowing that he can't go on c- having killed someone. You know that was his one rule, and the the story ends with the cave collapsing and Batman and Joker dying. Yeah,
2: yep, and it's definitive. Like, yeah, oh
3: yeah, there's no no doubt about
2: it. They're dead. Which will which leads us which into super super heavy. heavy. Like, <laughs> super okay. heavy is the most recent. This it's still ongoing. I, I think there's. It's gonna conclude with you know, before these guys yeah. leave. So we're we're getting close to the end of it here. Yeah. And this is, you know, in the aftermath of, of Endgame, uh, Gotham's begun to rebuild, but they need a new Batman. So the G C P D decides Gotham needs a Batman We need to sanction a new Batman We, they, we have a, a uh, city-sanctioned Batman task force And they build this giant <laughs> mecha It's a mech suit Mecha robot Like a suit. rabbit It's is ridiculous That's looking <laughs> Yeah, and they have this big blimp that, that he flies around in And there's a cave Batcave is like in this police station Who's going to be Batman? They train up this whole group There's really only one there man There can that they only be can one do it, It's Jim Gordon Jim M.F. Gordon which you know, this dude, he's a former marine. He's got special ops training. They give him a, a cut. You know, they give him a, t- a high and tight, and he they looks shave like he get, f- get a fade. They the shave the his head.
3: mustache.
0: God,
2: long live the mustache! You well, you know, he can't be
3: running around in a bat suit. A if you big saw a bat suit twist.
2: with a mustache,
3: you'd be like, "Oh, hey, Jim Gordon, What's up, Jim? nice, nice
2: bat costume." What's up, dude? I, I feel for Jim Gordon so much in this because he's an older man. He knows it. He knows he's not the strongest candidate, but he's got the best heart or something. That's why they end up. And plus, he's
1: him. got the you know best skill with dealing all these crazy guys for sure. So.
2: But he knows that physically he's inferior to Batman, and he's never going to be as good as Batman. He needs, to, he needs to be a different kind of Batman than, than Bruce Wayne was. And that's kind of been his challenge throughout this entire thing, is, is learning his way, dealing with it the Jim Gordon way too. He uses uh, like a taser gun. He's used guns before. Um, but he's dealing with like these really like metahuman threats that he's not quite equipped for. Well,
3: And, and on top of it, he's a cop. At the end of the day so he can't go around and just beat people mirthlessly
1: indiscriminately you know yeah.
3: he's got a he's batman who has like he's got to be a cop at the same time so he's got to like he can't just bust into a place and beat everyone up He's has got to kind of be smart about it you yeah. know if he's going to be he like arrests people but he's so that's what i'm saying like he's he's not just a vigilante he's still he's like if batman was a cop it's like that's how he is this whole time
1: yeah and it's interesting too because what i have read about about all of this is that you know each time that they put someone else in the suit that that same dilemma always happens dick had to figure out how to be batman by himself Mm -hmm. right be his own batman without trying to emulate and do things like that but it's really cool because i mean like you said jordan's got no training in this you know dick's been training for this since he was a kid so yeah it is kind of cool
2: well um i don't want to spoil this i don't really want to say where we're at because people. I want people to be able to jump on if they're still into it.
1: Yeah, because there's some things in even right like what like issue 43. There's some like big reveal about it. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to talk about. We're going to take our uh, spoiler warning. But I,
2: time, I so. yeah, I'm going to I'm going to enforce a spoiler warning on this one just because I want people <laughs> to enjoy this. Um, but I will say that super heavy might be. I don't know, man. I've said each one of these is like my favorite while I've been reading this, but I really like the fresh take. And at the same time that they're doing this, on the other side, Superman has his powers. He's lost his powers, and he's dealing with being kind of more human and, and dealing with his limitations. And, and Jim Gordon's been dealing with this. And you see it. You know, Alfred's happy that you know Bruce Wayne finally has peace and everything too, and he doesn't have this like burden anymore. Well,
1: there's even a really poignant, like, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll save it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is really good. But do you, do you feel that even though that you like this as a singular arc? Do you feel that this is going to be the the good swan song for both of these guys when they leave this?
2: I think so because we already know we've seen uh, the covers of some of the newer issues that are you know they preview ahead. Bruce Wayne's
3: coming back. He's going to be back in the cowl.
1: Which I mean, fifty one is is such a like a like a I mean, if you see it, it's a it's, picture it's of a it. it's
3: a thing. It's their you know they do their themed variant months. Mm-hmm. All of these issues coming out are. The new artist representation of the covers of the very first number one. So if you go through and look, Green Green Arrow number one or Green Arrow fifty one looks like Green Arrow one, and Wonder Woman fifty one looks like. I looked at them all; they're all pretty cool because you get to kind of see the two different styles of of art and how they match up. So they're supposed to look yeah pretty much like the first one. That's cool. So there's
1: so those are the variants. The the actual just regular number 51 cover is like batman's like with some like like light behind him and the source mm-hmm. of the dark but gotham city is inside of him mm-hmm. which is like if you're going to go out go out with a bang right so i don't know it looks like it looks like a like a gravestone and and,
3: the, and you know we see we're seeing this big run come to an end but the thing that's really exciting is both Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo have said that after uh, Capullo is going off for a year to write he's going to help uh Mark Millar who's doing a his own comic book, it's going to be like Mark Millar-owned one. So he's going to be, a so he's of, going to be yeah. the artist of that. And Snyder's doing Detective. But they both said that after their little year apart is over, they're going to come back together and do something again for DC, the main comic line.
1: What you're hoping is...
3: Well, all they said was it's going to be bigger than anything that they've done so far. I don't think it's going to be something... I think they're going to do something Justice League. They'll either do some major tie-in event that's happening at that time. It's going to be the two of them doing the main event line book. Or it's gonna be they're gonna do a Justice League story. I just that's the only thing that I can think of that's bigger than doing just an, another cool arc for Batman.
1: Now, when you say Justice League story, are you meaning like outside of the like the line of the? No, comics I think or I like think
3: a- Jeff Johns at that point will probably step down because he's been doing Justice League from the beginning, and I think. When they come back, I think Scott Snyder is going to be writing Justice League, God. and Capullo is going to be the artist.
2: Who, who if better I had to g- take? If that, I had to guess, who
1: better to take that too? Though, because I mean, Jeff has done fantastic things with Justice League, and for them to transition into that, I mean, my God, mm-hmm. it's so. I mean, even just like talking about this, right? Even just riffing, it just shows the the great depth that Snyder and Capullo both went to making this really, really fantastic piece of history here so we
2: talked we talked a lot about Snyder's writing let's talk about Greg really quick mm-hmm. uh to really wrap up kind of what his legacy is on the visual identity of some of these characters absolutely so I really like his line work mm-hmm. really tight he doesn't do a lot of like the cross stitching and it's not as like intricately detailed as like a Jim Lee might be no um very clear lines though I really like I don't know it's
1: a little cartoonish sometimes it, it is a little cartoonish in the faces for sure
2: yeah, and the faces... I mean, Bruce Wayne, he's got, like, these big, doughy, baby blue eyes, and sometimes he looks like he's, like, early 20s-ish. The butt
1: chin is a little a little bit more... Uh, but when it
2: gets gritty, man, he really knows how to, like, bring out the drama mm-hmm. in the really dynamic uh, action poses with it, Batman. His
3: All his layouts, they're they're focused in ways that I, I haven't seen them being drawn in other comics, so it's, like, just different enough that it kind of, like, it's really just eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I will say even more than his Batman because I love the way he draws his Batman and he says he starts at the neck and then just goes on. You from can there, tell and you get a tell. really thick neck. But I just lo- I love all his just characters like his Jim. I love his Jim Gordons and his Alfred and his just regular Gotham City characters even not the ones without the names. I just love the detail that he puts into those because he could just whip together some background figure. But he like that he's really good at like drawing out face details. And he said it too. His favorite characters to draw are. Jim Gordon and Alfred not the superheroes and the supervillains. His Joker's really good. Tyler yeah. brought in a
2: lot of these, so we're looking through them right now. And man, his Joker's just so terrifying. The the grin in the eyes and just so much of what's going on in his face.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very emotive, extremely emotive, even just for like just I mean like splash shots like that too, you know. Um, all the action stuff is is fantastic. You mean when you see movement in these in these panels, you feel being thrown through a wall, you feel, like, all these different hits. Um, going back to what you said about angles, I mean, I'm, I've got Court of Owls open right here, and this is, like, a fine example of when they've got the monitor and the labyrinth and the maze, mm-hmm. and it's, like, you get this, like, really, like, stark just, like, looking down at this at this maze. It's fantastic. Um, in Endgame, in that first sequence in Endgame, um, Wonder Woman, like, slams him through a wall, and he, like, actually, like, takes away everything of the background. And, like, just has, like, the wall and, like, this white background and, like, her, like, slamming into him. And, like, you see an overhead shot of it. It's not mm. a side shot. It's, like, an overhead shot of her just, like, ramming into him. And, like, the, to think about all these different things from these, like, really obtuse angles is just so intricate. I mean, that's what I think my favorite part of Greg Capullo is.
3: And, I mean, if if you really want to hear some good Greg Capullo talk kevin smith i know you guys are ragging on him earlier but his Jeez. his fat man on this, batman yeah. he does uh he has two one where he talks to greg capullo and one where he talks to scott snyder and it was right around when they were starting zero year and you just kind of get to hear greg Capoola talking about like how he got into because if you look at greg Capoola, he doesn't look like he would be your typical what you think a comic book artist would look like this guy i mean he's he looks like some biker dude like this he does, huge yeah. like he looks like a pro wrestler oh yeah and he just his his story of like how he got into the drawing and stuff because he used to do i think he used to do
1: some old x4 stuff i know he drew he did, did x4s and he was he was the prime uh primary artist on spawn after yeah, he, issue number 26 he has a
3: he has a very uh interesting relationship with todd McFarlane yeah and wh- he talks about that in the podcast so i mean if you're really interested in greg capula and scott snyder listen to the like listen to those because they kind of tell their whole story of yeah. like how they got in the business and, and stuff. this
1: is and it's really important for greg too is that you know whereas scott like liked Batman and liked capes I mean Scott's basis is in prose and it's in fiction right isn't in horror the first drawing that Greg said he ever did was of Batman and that stuck with him that his greatest influence was Frank Miller and all these different things so like you know you got a guy who grew up wishing that he could be drawing Batman and now he has a chance and not only does he do it well but he does it in a way that is going to leave such a huge legacy on how people look at Batman and look at you know Bruce Wayne Yeah,
3: and those, and those guys hated each other at first
1: Who's that, Scott, Scott and Greg? Scott and
3: Capula, they Apparently, like, when they first met up, they did not get along. Like, Scott went up to Jeff Johns and said, you either pick me or you pick him because I cannot work with him. And then they kind of worked it out. And now, like, they, they basically have the biggest bromance ever. Like,
1: which is so funny because yeah. they, if you look back at their, like, their work before even comics, they share so many similarities in what they were into. I mean, the big horror thing, which you said, mm-hmm. like, you know, with the vampire series, like, you know, they were both heavily in all influenced by the same things. Maybe that's why they butted heads, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I think that brings us to the end of this discussion. Uh, let's take a little break, hear from our good sponsor, and we'll come back for some checks and wrecks. which, you know, I've said check recommendations and recommendations <laughs> and check things out and wreck things out. Both are applicable here. Check it out, our recommendations, <laughs> in a minute. Wake up in the
0: morning and I go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Hey guys, this
2: episode of Raving Geeks has been sponsored by The Hall of Heroes. Located in Campus Court next to Subway, The Hall of Heroes is open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Visit their website at www.hallofheroesllc.com and let The Hall of Heroes become your go to comic book destination.
0: My synopsis is real. Never had that old team fill. cats who make waves and happily get a 360 deal. Alright guys, we're
1: coming to the end of our segment here, but as always, we'd like to leave you with a little uh, little earworm on some stuff that we're, we're reading. Earworms. Uh, that's the gross. Earworms. Don't, you know. put,
2: don't put those in your ears. It's
1: like uh, what are those things called in uh, Rathacon? Oh you know? yeah,
2: the like parasite.
1: The truth, the truth worms yeah, or something? Yeah, that's terrible. That always freaks me out. Ugh. So we won't do that to you, but we will let you know what comics we're reading and what you should check out. So we all got a couple of recommendations here. Who wants to to start this bad boy? I will start, Mister Barrett.
2: Checks and Rex, new the all new all different Marvel <laughs> is is in its thing. You know, it's adding acronyms each day. I'm sure, but the new Old Man Logan run is pretty good. Uh, they kept the same uh, artist. I'm not sure about writer from the Battle World stuff uh, during the Secret Wars art.
3: It's Jeff Lemire, I believe, who's right Yeah, still,
2: and he's still one there. of the top dogs. I mean, he's a heavy hitter.
3: I love. I say it all the time, but his Green Arrow, his Green Arrow run. I was so upset when they he said, "Yeah, I'm just doing my my arc. And I'm leaving." I'm just like, "No!" You
1: scream, you scream that from
3: the mountaintops. Oh, every he, single time it's you can. it's it's one of the best comic. We were sitting here talking about Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, but on top of that, of uh, the New Fifty Two, that's my favorite stuff. It was, He's cool. It was his run?
2: He's he does some different things. I mean, uh, Capullo's layouts on his pages are, are okay, but uh, they they do some cool stuff in, in uh, Old Man Logan.
3: Andrio Soriento or Andrea Soriento. Yeah. He's yeah. got it's a weird name, I can't say it, but Ben wasn't a fan of it, of the art. I really really loved
1: it. Okay, on Old Man Logan, mm-hmm. I loved it. I think it worked really well. For some reason on on well, Arrow, I didn't We I didn't we talked work.
3: about it. You liked Old Man Logan and you liked when they were on the island. So you and I said maybe it's the way that that art style looks when it's in like a, a cityscape that maybe just didn't you didn't well up.
2: i think it definitely lead lends itself to like more of a seedy underground yeah and, and like the violence and stuff in old man logan too so, so what he's doing now he's this is a character that also exists in like the new x-men run and he's like a grumpy old grandpa wolverine which is clean eastwood was wolverine pretty freaking stupid but this is cool because this is still the very damaged uh, old man logan from millar's run before he's just been like transplanted into this new universe yeah. so he's like crap what am i gonna do now I know about how the supervillains are going to take over the world. I'm going to make a list and kill them. And number one on the list is some, like, nobody, some, like, made-up guy for, for the yeah. event comic. Number two is Bruce Banner. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wow. So he's going after the Hulk uh, in the next issue here, I'm really excited to see that.
1: That's some, that's some heavy game right there. And this
2: is a Wolverine who, I mean, his, he popped his claws. Like, he's full-on violence now. He doesn't care. He's, he's an assassin. He's out to get everybody. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. Cool. So check that out.
0: Very
1: cool. I got uh, The Eighth Seal. It's an IDW book uh, written by James Tinian Fourth and something rock. What's his name?
2: Dwayne The Rock Johnson?
1: It is not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Man of many trades, not of comic book uh, origin, but uh, Jeremy Rock. Yeah, this is a cool book because um, this was actually issued in digital version uh, in 2013 and 2014, and it was like a really short run that they did for Thrillbent. And somehow IDW, I think, and Thrillbent have, have kind of a connection. I'm not really sure exactly what that is. I don't think it's like a subsidiary company mm-hmm. of IDW, but they kind of like got into this thing. It was like, okay, let's take some Thrillbent comics that were really, really cool, really popular, and actually put them into a single-issue form. And so they just recently started releasing these again in single issues, which is really cool, and the storyline is really sweet. Basically, the story is, is that the first lady of the uh, United States, uh, the president's wife, uh, Flotus, as like to call her, um, believes that she is, like, being possessed by some demon and that it's, like, slowly going to eventually pop out of her and she's going to go into a bloodbath. And they keep treating this like she's got, like, some, like, some schizophrenia and some disorder. Like, you just take your pills, relax, you're going to be fine. But each time she gets in front of people, she, like, faints. But before she faints, she has, like, these wild visions of her just going on, like, this murderous tirade. And it's just, it's really, really, like, well-drawn. It's not super graphic. In fact, the art's a little flat for me. But just the way that they do everything is really, really cool. And you can tell that it was written and drawn for a digital format. Um, But I think it translates really well into a book. So I'm really excited to get all these as single issues. It's going to be fun. So go and pick it up. This is actually at Hall of Heroes, too, so you can make that uh, convenient little trip.
3: Uh, My recommendation is a series that is coming to its end pretty soon. It might actually be over now is Fables. Mm, Um, If you don't know what it is, it's pretty much like a comic book. What happened if all the old you know nursery rhyme fable characters that we know and love existed in real life their their world gets taken over um by some evil force and they are forced to come and live in new york city and they kind of like break off and they kind of have this like weird mist thing that they have that the normal people can't see through and they they kind of start living in the real world and it's a detective kind of esque no noir kind of story uh, stars Snow White and the big bad wolf who's kind of like it It sounds, it sounds really crazy <laughs> but it's he, is it's he wearing really,
1: a trench coat and no, like a Dick he, Tracy hat no he's
3: like kinda actually <laughs> oh, yeah um, but it's it's really cool it's the first couple stories is a murder mystery and then you you find out that if you are an animal based fable you're forced to live outside the city and they start rebelling because they want to be able to live you know, and it's not the best working living conditions over there. So it's, it's a really interesting story. It's just something that's not a cape book that I kind of wanted to throw out there. Um, it's like I said, it's, I think it's like up, I think 150 is its last issue. So it might be over, but um, it's a really, really good story. So I, I recommend it. Cool. Awesome.
1: There we go, guys. Well, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in in our Batman Rave session. It'll be pretty cool. Next uh, week, we're going to be looking at the uh, origin of some of these independent publishers, so be sure to check that out if you're into that. We kind of have been pumping that game for quite a while now. But uh, as always, you can download us on iTunes. You can uh, download us on SoundCloud, listen to us, stream us on SoundCloud, too. Uh, always follow us at uh, Raving Geeks on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page. If you haven't liked us yet, please do so. But as always, you can check us out, same bat time, same bat network.